You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Oh, guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, listeners, and welcome to a kind of a ghouly January episode. This is episode 666 of the Earth Station One podcast, so we thought it would be kind of cool to talk about the Dark Lord himself. And I don't mean so... That's right, folks. We're talking about the devil, and we are going to be talking all about our favorite devil stories tonight. And it should be a ton of fun to do. And you know what? The man who's the little angel on one shoulder and the man who's the other is the devil on my other shoulder is my co-host, as always. Let's say hey to Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy! I I hear you whenever I try to decide if I'm going to do something, yes or no. And it's like... That, uh, that... Oh, very much so. frightening. It, It is. How are you, sir? You doing okay? I am Peachy Keen. Uh, yes, I, uh, I I was well aware. Yeah, when we were when we realized that this Sorry, number was man. coming up. <laughs> so it is actually you know pretty awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk about the devil. And speaking of little devils, we are joined tonight. We are hanging out tonight with, of course, Kevin Eldridge from the Flopcast. Hey guys, great to be back on the station. I I don't feel like I'm a particular expert on this subject, so I can only assume I'm here because you consider me inherently. Well, that or we just needed a sacrifice for tonight. So, yeah, exactly. Either way, (laughs) exactly. I'm here for you. And you know, someone who has a big authority of the devil himself. Let's welcome. It's been a while since we've had this man stop by the station. Let's of course welcome Joe Croak to the show. Hey, you guys, thank you. Welcome. Well, thank you for the welcome back to the station. I was, uh, I, 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 I was afraid that after last time, <laughs> I don't even remember when no, it was. No, I, I actually don't remember. I don't remember We've where all you, been, last time, time we were is a blur. It was, it's awesome to have you back, my friend. And for those who don't well, know, Joe you. is actually the co-track director of the American Classic Sci-Fi Track at DragonCon. And so, yeah. you know, he's not here in an official status <laughs> or anything. He's just here as Joe Crow. So, exactly. Which is kind of the same thing. It's, it's, it's all exactly. exactly. Well, it's great to have everybody here, and it's going to be a fun one to talk about. And we definitely would love to hear from you at home. Feedback at Earth Station One is the best way to get in touch with us. And also, you know, if you like the show and if you're new to us tonight, because you might just have gone through and hey, they're talking about Satan. These guys are awesome, you know, and so we could actually have, you know, new people joining us. Please subscribe, like, and, you know, and we're also up on YouTube now. So, you know, hit the like button below and, you know, also, of course, subscribe to the nice little ESO channel that we have here. And Earth Station One is growing on YouTube. If you guys have suggestions, if you have anything you want us to and you know, did you both walk under ladders before you? Before <laughs> we you are, got to we're podcasters, of course. We walked under ladders, dude. Uh, yeah, that is true. This this is our curse. Yes, it is our curse. We're not we're not going anywhere. We're not leaving. That's our curse. 
this is <laughs> when you know after we pass all both pass away we'll be still doing this damn show it'll be okay mm-hmm. and you know it might be a little more entertaining to see you if you're like a limb falls off or something like that if you come yep it'll be kind of interesting to see of course yeah of course uh so definitely you know tell your friends and tell your neighbors about us we would definitely appreciate it also of course let's say hey to our patreon people patreon people happy 2023 and i hope you guys are doing great and thank you for your support as always and you know as a little way of saying thank you to our patrons look in the mail probably in the next month or so you're going to be getting a little gift from the eso network and you are as a way and no matter what level you're at we are going to be creating brand new window stickers for you guys we have we have a new logo, so it's time to make a new window sticker for you. And, you know, it's a way for you to, you know, show your love for the ESO network by putting us on your car, on your computers, or, you know, even some people put it on their foreheads. It's okay. We do appreciate it. And you know what? It's not a bad thing. Mike, can, can we add a new Patreon level where we get the uh, patron's soul? Oh. Could we do that? That's the new $20 level, Kevin. That's perfect. That's worth $20. That's worth $20. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely think a soul is worth 20 bucks to us. Sure. So I think that's a great idea. I totally see that happening. And you too could become a patron of the ESO network. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash ESO network. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can help support the network and support the station. We would really appreciate it. And we've got some great folks up there who have been with us for quite some time. And we do thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Also from the bottom of our hearts is our friends over at Tifosi Optical. Tifosi Optical has amazing sunglasses. You know what, folks? I have my Tifosi Optical sunglasses right here. Ooh. And you know what? Of course, Mr. Potato Head's holding it hostage. So <laughs> not going to come out easy. Of course, that's what you happen when you do a live show. But here, we got Tifosi Optical sunglasses. And you know what? These are very cool, Ooh. and they're even colored for the devil, so it's perfect. <laughs> and you know, I'm sure, I'm sure the devil would be really appreciative of these really cool sunglasses. And you know what? You two can design. You could pick your own color. You could pick your own frame colors because these are pretty cool. I, I like the red and everything. And you know what? You can get ten percent off your whole order. Just not one pair of glasses. If it's on sale, whatever. It's your whole order. You can get 10% off. And you folks have been buying from Earth Station through Earth Station One. We've been, you know, selling quite a few different pairs of sunglasses. And you too can do that for as little as 10% off this. Pretty cool. All you have to do is put in the code Earth Station One. And you know what? You too can get a pair of sunglasses for free. Well, not for free, but cheap. <laughs> you know, for real cheap. <laughs> Sorry, Tifosi Optical. Not that. Yeah. But definitely check it out. TifosiOptics.com and tell them Earth Station One sent you and tell them they messed up the commercial really badly this time. So it's perfect. <laughs> it, the devil made me do it. That's why. So There you go. Yes. All right, Mr. Mike. You ready to take us through? Satan. Yes, the, the devil. Yeah. Look, I think uh, the way the devil's been depicted, especially lately, has been really uber serious. Uh, but when I was growing up, it was very tongue in cheek. Um, so it'll be really fun to talk about some of our favorite stories uh, that we've experienced where we first experienced the devil or, you know, throughout the years. Um, and uh, lots of different examples. Uh, but of course, with like I said, when I was growing up, it was very much tongue in cheek. Uh, I'll be curious to see whether or not... Uh, 
you guys uh, pick some of these also these other stories that I have on my list on on yours. But uh, we'll start with you, Kevin. What? Uh, Mike, one remember, quick question: like, Girl, ex girlfriends or wives don't count in this tonight. Well, I mean, I, we'll have to say this. I mean, going on forward, the devil has many names, right? So, I mean, oh, trust devil, me, I know. Dark Lord, Lucifer, Morning, Lucifer, Morning Star, Beelzebub, uh, Ryan Seacrest. Like, there's a ton of names that this guy goes Tons. by. So, um, you know, I mean, it, the, 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 and I, I find it interesting too, that a lot of the stories, especially early on that, uh, movies and such that I saw, he wasn't actually called Satan. He wasn't actually called the devil. They would make up names for him and we'll get to those, uh, a little bit later, but, um, but Kevin, what, uh, actually, do you remember like the first time you ever even like heard the concept of the devil? Wow, not especially. I mean, it's well, yeah, it's, just it's always been there, right? Always been a very important part of my life. Right, the devil <laughs> has always been there, right by my side, leading and guiding me every step of the way. Yeah, well, yeah. Rosemary's um, baby. That was that's, just that's right one, there. one of those, you know, one of those classic characters that you just always hear about everywhere you turn your whole life. And yeah, such a. There are people that take the devil very seriously and think that it's a real thing. Uh, yeah. I'm uh, 100%. This show is not for them. No, 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 no. no, no, no. <laughs> this is the uh, fictional character type version, I believe, that uh, I'm certainly going to be dealing with. Uh, but yeah, a, a character that really lends itself to all kinds of storytelling, be it dark and scary or kind of light and silly and fun and everywhere in between. Um, the first example that came to mind when uh, you invited me to come up here and talk about the devil was one of my favorite Twilight Zone episodes, and that's The Howling Man. Ooh. Nice. 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 Which I just rewatched a couple of hours ago to prepare for this <laughs> because uh, my lovely wife uh, gifted me for Christmas with the Twilight Zone Blu-ray set. So oh, nice. I said, all right, bring up The Howling Man, please, because I'm going on Earth Station One to talk about the guy that those weird bearded dudes had locked up in their castle the howling man yeah, that, one, what, that one is not a tongue-in-cheek story no 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 right? i know dude what pretty, are you doing? Uh, no. they play it pretty seriously but it's still it's a fun classic twilight zone episode and uh was always one of my favorites just effectively uh uh creepy scary a little if, if you when you're seeing it for the first time you're not sure which way it's gonna go as far as are these just crazy old guys that have locked up an innocent man or is their mission pure and true? And they've actually captured the devil and are just locking him up in a castle to protect the rest of the world. And you don't really know which way it's going to go until uh, a scene right towards the end. So just, you know, another, that masterful twilight zone storytelling. Mm -hmm. It was a nice, yeah, it's it's a definitely nice twist. Yeah. To yeah. It too. The John Carradine, right, was the the leader of the of the the, the brothers that were uh, keeping the devil imprisoned. Bay, yes, uh, yeah, that's a wow, that is an amazing one. That one is one I hadn't seen until much later, um, mm. and uh, um, I had yeah, I didn't know anything about it until I think we did an episode on the Twilight Zone, and I think one of our guests talked about how he rated it pretty highly, and I was like, I don't think I've ever seen that one. So, oh wow, yeah, I think it's considered one of the one of the classics, one of the yeah. favorites. Yeah, uh, Joe, what about you? What uh, what's an early devil story that uh, you can recall from your youth? 
from my ute uh let me see well besides uh being raised in uh deepest darkest alabama <laughs> where um in a in a southern baptist church um mm. one of the my my um ever present encounters with the devil is there is a road sign along the interstate that goes to my home in my hometown and it is a huge road sign with the actual devil emblazoned upon the road sign and it has been there my entire life and it says go to church or the devil will get you <laughs> and it looks like the devil from the the devil's food the the <laughs> Oh, the, I remember the, the little one on the wrapper. Yeah. Hands. So instead of thinking of, you know, the Lord of hell, I was always thinking of, of tuna, Ooh. you know, <laughs> whatever. Or, um, yeah, I was Devil ham. Thank what you. What was yeah, yeah. it? Was deviled ham? Devil yeah. ham. Deviled ham. Devil yeah. ham. See, we were Jewish. Yes. We never, didn't eat that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You don't You're even okay see that. Devil. You wouldn't even yeah. see that song. Fine with the devil. It's the ham part that we we found oh, yeah. unsettling. Right? Exactly. <laughs> like whoa, ham. Whoa. <laughs> Interesting. But one of my favorite earliest things. Um, I think I think it's the earliest thing on on my list is the year was nineteen hundred and eighty six, and a show that some of us may be familiar with called Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. It was live. It was on Saturday. It's a, it was a whole thing. There was a sketch called The People's Court, a parody of The People's Court. Phil Hartman played Judge Wapner. Of course. And um, John Lovitz played the devil. <laughs> of course and, he is. Um, and the uh, opponents were um, Jan Hooks <laughs> and Rosanna Arquette as hairdressers who had made a deal with the devil and wanted to break the contract. Mm -hmm. And that sketch only about five minutes stuck with me and all the SNL nerds for our entire lives for so much of the dialogue. But when judge Wapner says to the Jan hooks, the mom, he asks her her occupation, and and she says, "Your Honor, I am a barfly." <laughs> and he says, um, "Ma'am, by that do you mean you hang around bars and wait on men to buy you drinks?" And she leans into the microphone and goes, "That is correct, Your Honor." But John <laughs> Lovitz as the devil is just in a. Halloween costume red suit. Mm-hmm. I can picture it. it. And and then he uh, he says, well, you know, it's just a standard old thing. It's a little contract. And then Judge Wapner interrupts and says, yes, I have the contract here. I see it's written in blood. <laughs> and he goes on to explain all his machinations. And then he says, that's what I do. I'm I'm the devil. <laughs> And it ends with Kevin <laughs> Nealon as um, the uh, Rusty. Now, Rusty's the bailiff, right, the right. interviewer guy. Doug Lewis. Outside Lewis. the courtroom. Yes. 
and he uh, interviews the devil and says, well, you lost this week, devil, can you tell us? And then John Lovitz looks into the screen, the TV screen, right out at the viewer, and he, and he goes, kneel before me, pray in worshipful obedience, <laughs> and, and, and attempts to, uh, you know, recruit the audience for uh, the un, his unholy uh, methods. And let me tell you, Anyway, in the time it's taken me to explain this, you could have all gone and watched the sketch on YouTube, which you all should. Excellent stuff. It came back to me line by line as you described it. I, I, I remember it got that away sketch. from me a little bit. I apologize. No, no, that's fine. I, I was I, I loved revisiting it because uh, I remember that sketch. I remember that episode so well. The Rosanna Arquette <laughs> episode yeah. from that year was a, a really strong episode. But yeah, Lovitz in that like the stupidest devil costume they could possibly make. Sure. Yeah. Party City, right? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like a party city outfit. Um and Lovitz was I mean that's what his like real forte was. It was was those slimy like characters like that, right? Like uh yeah, I don't know that guy, right? Yeah. Like he's he's really good at portraying that kind of thing, and so yeah, a, a makeshift party city devil—that's right up his alley. Oh, completely, yeah, yeah. completely. Awesome. What, what about you, Mike? You, um, well, for me, it, oh, my devil, you know, experience started much, much earlier, much earlier, probably early seventies, and I was exposed to the devil as a child, probably like four years old or so. In Damn. in comic book form, actually, there was by Harvey Comics. There was a little character named Hot Stuff. Yeah, Hot Stuff. Yeah, of course. And you know, he just wanted to be liked by everybody. And you know, and, <laughs> and he walked around. He wore a little diaper, and he had a trident. Yep. And you know, and it was awesome. It was that's how I was exposed to the devil originally. And he wasn't scary. He wasn't evil. But you know he, you know he, he was just misunderstood. Exactly the same way, you know. Yeah. It, he's not bad. He's just drawn that way. Exactly, right? and it was interesting because <laughs> and he wasn't some of the some bad. of the stories were no. pretty much you could just put in Casper and throw in hot stuff yeah. in its place mm-hmm. and everything. So it pretty much, and they both all looked the same anyway. So it was pretty. It was. Yeah, amazing. it definitely had that. It definitely had that Harvey look to it. Um, yeah, hot stuff. <laughs> the little devil was created in 1957 by Warren Kramer of uh, Harvey Comics and uh, made his debut in October, fittingly, October of 1957. But, I mean, he was still around. I don't think they do anything with him to now. But I don't know if anybody. But it was um, Warren Kramer who who created him, also created Richie Rich and a lot of the other characters, too, that that we uh, know from Harvey Comics that made Harvey Comics kind of what it was. Um, But I think really... of course tempted by hot stuff <laughs> of course uh, of, of course, course. Of he's course. a rich, he's he's a rich kid. of course he's of course yeah. he's tempted i think the, i think he's already sold his, out really it, it yeah, led to his really ultimate has. demise and then his reincarnation as casper <laughs> it all it's all it all it's all connected it is all connected yep. i think the last time i ever yeah. saw any reference to hot stuff was on the simpsons back in like the mid 2000s mm. or something like that in one of the treehouse mm-hmm. ter- terrors <laughs> I like to think that it was hot stuff. This cartoon character that Donna Summer was singing about. Oh, of course. The whole time. Oh, oh, of course. course. I thought that was a given. Yeah. You yeah. mean it's not? 
That totally makes sense, though. Look, but, looking yeah. for some hot stuff. Yeah. Baby, hot stuff, this baby. Evening. This evening. This evening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's um, my first experience. Probably mine as well. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I grew up Protestant, uh, Congregationalist specifically, and the devil wasn't really mentioned in any of our, our sermons very much. I don't think it was considered really? like a real entity. No, it wasn't like. Really? No, we, I don't, I don't think it, it, it was not really a strong, uh, presence. I mean, it was more like, you know, our, our, our congregation was more about like, you know, the teachings of, of Christianity rather than, um, and some evil force that's always tempting you. Um, but I was looking at a lot of the stories that I was familiar with that I grew up with about the devil. And of course, the main one that I think everybody thinks of, I mean, you've already kind of mentioned it about the SNL sketch is that the devil is always trying to make a deal for someone's soul, right? And someone's trying to get out of it. And the earliest incarnation I can see for that is the Daniel, the devil and Daniel Webster, uh, by Stephen Vincent Bennett, um, in 1936. Uh, I don't know if it goes back earlier than that, where the devil's making deals and signing contracts and blood and all that. But that's the, certainly the most, the earliest that I know of that someone. I know, I know right about the, the same time, to get out about the same time, though, is uh, Crossroads with, you know, the musician who sold this soul to the devil in, mm -hmm. at, in the middle of the night at the Crossroads to be the the most, you know, the most amazing guitar player. And yeah. And, and then you, you and that was that became you know very big wise tale throughout like the early 1900s so it's about the same time actually yeah absolutely so i mean there were um those are very early incarnations and we see still like throughout um there were just tons of movies and 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 whatnot uh stories that were done that way um the one that comes to mind and i was kind of surprised you didn't say this mike because i thought you were going to call this one out immediately was uh in 1970 uh, 1979 the song the devil went down to georgia right? on, that's like that's ah, on that was next on my list damn it the charlie daniels band that's like the 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 musical incarnation of the devil and daniel webster right like everybody knows that song well i don't know Everybody from our generation knows that song. I don't know if it still resonates with people today because I have no idea what people today are really like. The kids today are are thinking. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure the kids today are still way into uh, Charlie Daniels. No. violin competitions. into fiddles. I'm yeah. sure. That yeah, <laughs> the kids like to fiddle today. So, uh, so yeah, did we all have that on the list? Oh yeah, 1979. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's it, that was huge. I even had the, uh, I even had the lyrics uh, pulled up here. To, you know, so <laughs> are, are, were you going to sing? No, no, no. Don't. I was going to talk it. Okay. You know, okay. it's a spoken word <laughs> version of it, Mike. <laughs> yeah, like Shatner. Yeah, exactly. I, I could do it. Yeah. The, 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 the real song is pretty much spoken Georgia. word. He was kinda... looking for a soul to seal. Charlie yeah, Daniels didn't true. really do much singing in the whole song. That's he true. He really just tells the story. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, and there's a few other, um, uh, ones that are on my list that kind of came out around the same time. I think that might have been inspired by that or whatever, but, uh, um, certainly we can talk more about those. But, uh, Kevin, you've got another one on your list. Well, I, I can keep this uh, exact topic rolling right now because the, the devil and Daniel Webster, was that that story was perfected in the 70s in 1978 
There's a, Cana- a Canadian cartoon from Nelvana called oh. the, the Devil and Daniel Mouse. Oh, I remember what? that. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh. It's good. Mm-hmm. So there's these two little mice. They're musicians, uh, a guy and a girl mouse. Then the, the girl mouse makes sells her soul to the devil in exchange for becoming a, a huge pop star. And because it's 1978, like she's fronting a big disco dance band and uh, becomes wildly successful, not realizing that she'll have to uh, give up her soul. So then Daniel Mouse, uh, who, who she kind of left behind, he comes at, comes to her rescue at the end and they have a big trial with the devils, this big cartoon, red, scary blob dude. And you have a big, big trials held with all these demons uh, making up the jury. But the power of music sways. Even the demonic jury all comes around to the side of Daniel Mouse and, and they rule in uh, in Daniel's favor. And uh, the, the mice are able to uh, escape the uh, contract. That she, even she did sign a contract, but they, they managed to I mean, wriggle out of the contract. It was a legally binding contract, I feel like. So mm-hmm. again, just like just like when John Lovitz was arguing in court. Of course. Um, well, it was, it what, was what, Canadian what we and they were from, able to get out of it very easily. Eh? The, yeah. What so we learn my, from uh, a lot of devil stories is the legal profession. We learn a lot about... <laughs> it's <yep>. true. <laughs> the music in this cartoon though is uh, john sebastian really he's the singing oh, the right. singing voice of daniel mouse and he provided oh, wow. the song so yeah the songs are cool you know it's like this is welcome back cotter era john sebastian you know nice but i'm a big fan of those nelvana cartoon specials of the late 70s a cosmic christmas and uh there's a bunch of them but uh devil and daniel mouse that you can watch the whole thing on youtube and you should as well you should nice exactly very nice very nice. Joe, do you have another one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, going back to comics, as um, but a, a different company than Hot Stuff, Marvel Comics. Ah, In yes. the um, 70s, they um, were super into monsters and horror movie characters and horror movie-based characters. And one of my favorite characters from that era um was devil adjacent and mm-hmm. by that i mean he kept it all in the family because mm-hmm. he was the son of satan son yes. of satan yes damon hellstrom which should not have made concerned anyone if when, <laughs> no. when he walks up and introduces himself my name is damon hellstrom um and um he uh didn't like to be um Associated with his father, which you maybe change your superhero name. <laughs> um, but he had um, he had a a trident that shot out fire from it, which is great. And he could summon a, a chariot of horses who were also on fire. You know, like you do. He was <laughs> tempted by the devil, and then in. A storyline that, uh, let's see, it started in um, oh, April 1981 uh, in the Defenders. He united the team and they um, fought a series of demons who were whose boss was Damon's Pop. And we didn't see on screen or on panel his father until Defenders number 100. When the devil appeared and looked 
pretty much like John Lovitz. <laughs> <laughs> and in the end, um, Damon, to save his girlfriend, Hellcat, from the fiery pits of his father, decides to go back to hell with the dad. And that lasts all of, I believe, two issues before the devil himself, who orchestrated this giant storyline, says, you're no, you're no good down here, man. You're, you're, the family business is not for you, Damon. And Damon's like, wait, come on. I can set things on fire. And the, and the devil's like, no, man, you got to go back to Earth and be like a professor or put on a Early. shirt at least to cover up the <laughs> pentagram on your chest. <laughs> and Damon goes, okay, fine. I will. And I'm paraphrasing. Of course you are. But that's wow. <laughs> classic. Son of Satan. Love it. Oh, yeah. Son of Satan. I am, uh, I've heard the name and I've seen the character, but I didn't, I don't know the specifics. Is that now, was his father really like the devil or Satan? Or was it Marvel's version of the devil, which is, I think, Mephisto, right? That was created in. Well, that's a whole, that's a whole nother like, story. Like, believe it, believe it, it. It is actually the, believe it or not, in the, the six fingered hand storyline in the Defenders, J.M. DeMatteis, who later would be the writer of the Justice League, co-writer, um, he, went all through Marvel's um 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 devil mythos and okay. all the various Mephistos and and semi devils and partly and devil adjacent people, it turns out they were all just pals. They all had their own little section of hell. But someone called the actual Satan, Marvel Satan, was the the, the son of Satan's father. And then I think years later, he ended up not being Satan. But I mean, Satan <laughs> lies about stuff. Why would yeah. he even... Prince of lies, right? Yeah. Kind of his thing. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. The uh, the Mephisto is of uh, characters, the one that I'm sort of most familiar with, but only sort of later on. And, and of course, nowadays... Uh, you know, the charge of, in charge of the, uh, is charge of the MCU over at, uh, Disney and Marvel Studios. Um, Kevin Feige is, is being a devil like the last few years because he keeps like Hinting. throwing out like hints that Mephisto is coming. And so like all the, all the geeks are watching stuff and going, is that Mephisto? Is that Mephisto coming? Is that Mephisto? Like, and we don't know. No, we don't know. No, it's the wrecker. No, it's Porcupine. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, at least they haven't given but, us uh, Pace Pot Pete yet. You know, <laughs> we, we have we have yet to see Mephisto materialize in the MCU. Um, so it's really such, I, such a wealth of those kind of horror supernatural characters from Marvel from that early to mid seventies period. That oh, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. been largely untapped yet, as far as the MCU. You know, they, yeah. they kind of drifted that way a little bit with the Halloween special mm -hmm. that they did. Yeah, this with past the Werewolf by yes. Night. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But there, there's a lot more characters that they could uh, tons. That they could, yeah. they Very could much. And I, I think we're supposed to be getting a Blade movie, uh, if not this year soon, like next it's year. Be, it's got it pushed back pushed to 2024. Back. Yeah. So um, maybe they'll have a plan for the darker side uh, because I don't know if it's on anybody's list. So forgive me, but um, uh, but also Ghost Rider has his origins that way too. I mean, oh, yeah. uh, Danny Blaze makes a. 
uh, deal with the devil. Exactly. Right. And I'm not sure if I can't remember if it's, I guess it's depending on what origin you read, but I'm not sure if it's yeah, the actual devil they've or, read or demon. It Satan so many or, different times. Into yeah. That. Or Mephisto yeah. or whatever. I mean, in the, in the original comic, it was the devil, yeah. the devil. but then yeah. again, that was years before J.M. DeMatteis tried to clean it up <laughs> and then immediately <laughs> whoever the next writer was ruined it completely. Well, and say, like, yeah. ah, never mind all that stuff that he did. Well, exactly. But it was, yeah. Johnny blaze, you know, he, uh, he, he made a bad call. <laughs> Except, you know, the, the, the devil was like, man, but th- think of the cool suit. Oh, yeah. Cool yeah, no, no. Motorcycle. You, you'll get a very cool fire. bike, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's flames why. on your head. Like it just flames looks cool. On your head. <laughs> it just looks cool, man. It is. So it's the coolest. <laughs> uh, Mike, what do you, what do you got? Um, for me, I'm going to touch on what Joe was talking about a little bit, but I'm going to go to the other company, the Distinguished Competition, as they like to call it. I so, knew th- someone would, because yeah, for maybe. everything that Marvel was doing with the with DC. the demons of hell and and everything, DC was doing stuff. Too. Oh, exactly, yeah. but a little bit later because uh, they started working. You know, they had funny versions of the devil all throughout, like Superman and stuff through the Silver Age and stuff like that, oh. and but. You know, they started really getting into ser- the serious side of it more with the Vertigo stuff. And mm. that's when, oh, well, sure. and that's, you know, one of the first things that they did with that, though, um, wasn't Sandman. It was actually in Hellblazer when John Constantine sold, you know, was dying of lung cancer. Because, you know, he's a character who's sitting around smoking <laughs> cigarettes all the time. Every panel, yeah, every panel, every he's panel. got a lit cigarette. He has a lit <laughs> cigarette, and literally from when he first appeared in Swamp Thing, all the way through into his own series, and in this one run that they wrote for him, they, you know, he it's finally caught up with him. He's dying and everything, and a way for him to get out of it, he sold his soul to the devil, but not just one devil, demon of hell, to two different demons of hell. He sold it to Azrael and to Beelzebub separately mm. and everything. And each one cl- took claim to it, not knowing the other one also did. And so when, nice. and so when he died, they realized that they would, the two factions in hell would have to go to war against each other for the, the his soul. And pretty mm. much they had to keep Constantine alive. So literally they healed Constantine from it. And, you know, you know, they basically said they will not feel good because they basically gave him a whole brand new set of lungs and they literally, <laughs> you know, tore him apart and he was aw- alive and feeling every second of it. But at the end of it, you know, literally he, you know, flips them off and tells them, you know, Hey, this is for you guys. You know, you guys got to keep me aw- alive now, you know? So he pretty, <laughs> he pretty much became immortal because of it. And it was it was such a brilliant, brilliant story, yeah. and and that also sh- started showing the different houses of hell in the DC universe, and that's led right into Neil Gaiman's Sandman, where you know mm-hmm. they had you know the different demons were because they also in Swamp Thing they had the war between light and darkness, and that you know the whole you know Satan basically or lucifer lost his full control he had to share power then with the other demons of the lords of hell in 
gates in hell. And so it was just, it was an interesting storyline. And, you know, when, so when Morpheus made it to go get his helmet back, they even talk about it in the TV show that, you know, he, that it's not the same power structure that he knew when he, before right. and everything. Yeah. 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 And so it was, it was very, you know, it was a neat, neat story. So that's why they did the whole thing. And then, you know, spoilers, if you haven't read the comic yet and, or, season two of sandman's not out yet basically they had um sand you know basically lucifer goes back i mean morpheus goes back to hell and basically Luce, you know lucifer says hey i quit you know th it's yours now and he gives morpheus hell here's the keys, here's the keys to hell here's the keys and so <laughs> and lucifer yes, goes to make the, sure you the, turn off the lights when you leave and lucifer then so goes that was off. The, the season of mist storyline in sandman which i assume they're going to do that's, that for that's season, season two? two okay yeah hopefully i don't know we'll Good. see yeah spoilers for season two of, of sandman no, he, probably but you know, um, already series, come out and but, said um, that's definitely the main storyline for season two good okay yeah um but the uh and and in the comics uh you know um it it goes uh, mike carey writes the the lucifer series that goes on for a long time in vertigo and then eventually gets picked up and is its own show its own thing uh over on fox and i think on netflix now i think the lucifer yeah. series um so yeah a lot of people know lucifer from that and that's you know origins is the dc vertigo sandman universe um, but I think that series strays so far. I tried watching that series and I didn't seem, didn't seem to have anything to do with Sandman or, <laughs> or anything like that. So, um, so yeah, I didn't really, uh, pick up on uh, it. Just but, his name was Lucifer. Um, that's all. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, I, I don't think DC dipped too often into that realm, but I do remember that at one point it was like, wasn't it a, uh, like one of those fifth week events where like they had all the annuals and like all these, demons or something had gave powers to isn't that what how hitman got his powers mm -hmm. neron uh, yeah neron, neron yes thank you yeah. he was a demon yeah a devil so um so yeah a lot of a lot of strange stuff going on there um but um uh, since mike you picked something uh with the that storyline with constantine and and the sandman universe being a little bit more serious take on lucifer morningstar I guess I'm going to, uh, I think one of my earliest times when I was, you know, despite the fact that I was a churchgoer, I think the earliest times that I, I was ever really creeped out by the idea of the devil, or at least the son of the devil, the Antichrist was the omen. Oh, uh, that, you. that movie creeped me out and the sequel um as well as the third one final conflict that was how i was introduced to sam neil i still look at sam neil and go you're the devil you're the antichrist i know you are <laughs> um but all of that uh all of that stuff was taken very seriously it was a, a like a lot of movies that came out around that time like the exorcist and rosemary's baby and all that kind of stuff had this sort of supernatural element to it that was just really unnerving and uh in those three movies i've never seen the fourth one i i don't know if that one's any good i probably not so i'd never wasted time with it i kind of tapped out after the third one um but um uh that stuff was all really creepy um and that sort of thing kind of plays into actually that's what yeah the Omen antichrist everything... was the voyage home there were whales 
<laughs> I thought it was the final chapter. No, it wasn't. It wasn't that that one. That was. Uh, <laughs> or was it out the next generation? Or was it? Uh, <laughs> Actually, it was. Devilish Boogaloo. Uh, you know. Yes. You know, <laughs> yes, something like that. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think I think that one. The fourth one had like it was like Armageddon two thousand or something like that, and of course, you know. Uh, uh, you know, we, I think, uh, they were just 20 years too early in calling that, um, the, uh, <laughs> the, but that stuff was really creepy to me. And I think also that sort of underlines, uh, the sort of similar plot that goes on with good omens, right? Like I think mm-hmm. good omens kind of borrows from the omen storyline about the, the birth of Christ, I mean, the antichrist and, and how that can go like horribly wrong. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's a little bit more. I mean, Good Omens is not. I mean, it's pretty tongue in cheek. But the the original Omen trilogy, I think, is really creepy. I think that they maybe diminish as they go on because it's been a while since I've seen any of them, to be honest with you. But I do remember being creeped out by all of them back in the day. Super creeped out. My my wife is an elementary school librarian and. Whenever an, a kid joins the class, a new kid, she said that people are still naming their kids Damien. And of course. Every time I hear about it, and and we're we're both like, "What? Why? <laughs> why? Why is this still happening?" And then uh, you know we'll both agree. Well, oh, we know why. That's you know. Got to check so, the head. Check always. the head for the for the signs, right? This, yeah, this you have to. Uh, Damien Thorne was a, man. That's a devilish name. Thank you. <laughs> Just don't do it. Why? Why would you name a child that? Uh, okay, Kevin. Next round. What do we got? Okay. Well, the, the other big one for me, and we're, we're circling back to comic books now, and we're sticking with DC because we we jumped over to the the Vertigo devil but my favorite devil at dc comics is from the 80s and i'm gonna hold up the comic right here blue devil I had a oh my gosh that's what you were talking about <laughs> 1984 blue devil sort of a devil in name only you know he's, yeah he's, he's a nice he's guy he's got the trident he's got the trident and the horns got, horn. the, got, got the horns oh yeah i love blue <laughs> devil this was my favorite comic he had a great, of great origin era. too it was awesome Origin's fantastic. They were making a movie called Blue Devil, and this was a character in the movie. Uh, the guy, he was a stuntman, an actor. He designed this devil suit for the movie, which had some effects built into it. Then, while they're shooting the movie on some weird remote island somewhere, an actual giant demon bursts out of the ground, and they end up fighting a real demon who zaps Blue Devil in his costume with some kind of you know, actual mystical demon, whatever energy. And it fused him into the blue devil suit. Like he went back to his trailer to take the suit off and, oh, this is actually me now. I can't take this suit off. So good. Yeah. Oops. Cool concept I had for, so for many questions origin. about that too. It's like, you know. And I mean, you can write off anything as it's demons, it's magic, whatever. So anything goes. But it was uh, such a fun series, especially the first half dozen or so issues when Paris Collins was the artist. When when Paris left, uh, the art really took a hit in the series. But it had the uh, the same writers for the whole run, and uh, it was just a, a fun series, kind of a lighthearted 
series from DC and uh, he was trying to get out of the suit at first. He, he meets up with Zatanna because he thinks maybe Zatanna's magic can <laughs> cure me. And so she tries. She says something backwards to separate him from the demon suit. And he had to scream at her to cut it out because he just felt like he was being ripped apart. <laughs> she, had to, <laughs> she had to stop. It was going to work too well. Um, but he, he was kind of a reluctant hero. Like he didn't really set out to be a superhero at first, but the, he, he'd, um, his uh, friends uh, described him as a weirdness magnet. Because just wherever yes. he went, strange things would happen and these weird characters and he'd end up having to kind of go into a reluctant superhero mode. So a very fun series and a, a character that DC really never treated right after that, after the 80s. And it's been it's been about 30 years since mm. there was a solo Blue Devil story even you know he's been yeah. part of he was part of the justice league he was part of shadow pact and they've done some stuff with him like that but there's now since the early 90s there's not been a solo blue devil story mm -hmm. and uh really a shame because that original version of the character was uh was really fun agreed and and he made his live action debut in the Swamp Thing series, right? Yes, yes. Oh, yes. I, Ian Zering from uh, Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two One Zero. I, I did see that. Was it? Was it? Did it? Was that any good? It was. It was okay. It was a good was, series. Yeah, the Swamp yeah. Thing. That that Swamp Thing series was a good series, and they and they were they were kind of setting him up. Like they didn't really do a lot with Blue Devil, but the idea was we will in season two, which never happened, or we will in the spinoff Blue Devil series, which never happened. Yeah. But so. uh, it was it was something. It was uh, they 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 got into it. It was the the thing is I had just. Um, Bef right before uh, he appeared on Swamp Thing, um, I had hosted him at DragonCon on the Classics track and did a Q hosted a Q&A with him. And just the nicest dude, yep. super into nerdy stuff. And my Michael Bailey, our friend Michael Bailey, is not here to tell the story, but I'm going to excerpt it for you. He sold his Blue Devil comics online. And when he went to print the shipping label, it the last name was Zering. Ah, so someone doing some research. Yep. Yes. So <laughs> I want to think in my mind that I am Zering now has Michael Bailey's Blue Devil comics. I like that. I like yep. that. So, yep. I hope he still has them. Hope he liked that them. That would make to, so to much them. sense. Hope he liked that them would make so much sense. That's yeah. why I am only going to sell my Wonder Woman comics to Gal Gadot. I turned down Thank all you. of the offers. <laughs> I, I understand that. Um, I, I, I split my Superman comics between Henry Cavill and, and the, the TV guy, Tyler Oakland. They both wanted it. They fought over it. It was a whole thing. I, I must say, uh, in, in full disclosure, uh, I... Um, I grew up in a little town called Winston, Massachusetts. Our high school is uh, Murdoch, Murdoch High School. And our sports team's name was the Blue Devils. Oh, so, sure. uh, Michael Gordon. I, so I, um, I am a former Blue Devil. I can, I can, Michael, I can announce that. The costumes can, actually came off. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Mike Gordon, my, my daughter's high school is the blue devils yeah. wow. and still my winston still has murdoch still has the blue devils i think a lot of yeah. 
uh, high schools or something backed away from a lot of that stuff. But uh, nope, not my high school. They're they right. still not 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 the uh, didn't back away from the Confederate generals. But <laughs> I think the, Duke, U- Duke University is the Blue Devils, also. <laughs> mm-hmm. I believe yes, they are. But so. the 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 Blue Satans, sure, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> The blue Beelzebubs. Uh, yeah, well, remember in uh, in baseball when they they they, were, they had a team they named a team the Devil Rays and then due right? to public outcry they yeah, backed they off it. and shortened it to just the Rays. The Rays. That's right. <laughs> people that's were right. freaked yeah, out. Yeah, but by... that was like a fish, wasn't? Was <laughs> yes, but people are fish. so stupid they don't realize that. Uh, well, you know. Uh, it is, uh, it is what it is. So I, I, yeah, I recently, when I was doing the research for this, I had to, uh, go and look at my, uh, Alma Mater's, uh, uh, website to make sure they were still the blue devils. Um, yes, yes they are. Uh, so once a blue devil, always a blue devil. I, I, I've been there, been there, done that. Uh, yeah. so, when you're playing football, having those big horns is is a serious advantage as well. Yeah, oh, gosh. I, yeah. I, I, I will say that's probably true. I did not play football. I played baseball and they were a hindrance. Let me tell you, they were, <laughs> they were, they did not help. They did not help in the outfield at all. It also so. shrunk the strike zone really small. So. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, when you're batting with a trident, really difficult. Um, uh, mm. Mike, uh, I think it's your turn now. Oh, okay. I thought Joe was going to go next, but that's cool. All right. I thought Joe did. No, did Joe? No. Did Joe, did you not go? No. No, Kevin. I think Joe, Kevin, I think Joe was Kevin. up. We just did. Okay. Kevin, Joe's up. Joe's up. I'm sorry. Either way. Ke- Fight. Everyone's very familiar with me not knowing who's next on, on our American <laughs> Sci-Fi Classic quarantine panel. So it's only fair to skip me. And But um, in, in my case, my next one, um, I was going to mention um, – the Lucifer TV show. It's really just a procedural. Yeah. I've watched right. the whole thing and it uh, just happens to have the devil who has cool powers because he's the devil. He uh, can convince his big thing is he convinces everyone to tell the truth by just saying, what is it you desire? And that's the key to every murder mystery. Cause they go, I desire to not go to jail for this murder that I just committed. You know, that's the whole show, but it's, yeah. it's fun. And they have, there's angels and other deities and, um, Adam and Eve are both in it. Eve was the devil's first girlfriend and she come returns to the show at some point. It's a, it's a whole thing. Um, Tom <laughs> Welling plays Cain of Cain and Abel fame. Mm, interesting. Huh. And the guy who plays, but the, the, the getting back to the DC universe, the guy who plays the character of Lucifer on that show guest starred during the crisis crossovers on the, on the, 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 the Arrowverse shows. Yep. Very yeah, much. I remember, so. yeah, a couple of seconds. Of t- with interacting with the legends of tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. And he, he was on earth six, six, six. Of course. Perfect. And, and that little scene, just tremendous. And, um, uh, so, so that, that, that was, that, that was mine. There was also, there was also another procedural that was not tied to comics, um, that had, uh, oh, what's his name? He went on to play Lionel Luther in Smallville. John Brimstone. Brimstone, right? It's like when they get the devil together with a cop and of course, they together, they solve crime. They fight crime. (laughs) Season. Brimstone was pretty. I I did enjoy that show. 
I wanted that. That was one of the shows that always comes up whenever we talk about one season things. I'm not going to say the name of my favorite one season show, but um, really, why stop I'm now? Not. This would be a first. <laughs> but Brimstone, also great, only a season on Fox, and yeah, Lana Luther was the devil. And yeah, I've, um, I've never seen it, but John Glover as the devil yeah. sounds like brilliant casting. Oh, so good, so good. Oh yeah. But he, uh, the cop guy, the cop was um, a guy from Thirty Something, the one with the good hair. Yep. And he had to uh res- he had to return souls that had escaped from hell. And every time he returned a soul to hell, one of these evil devil tattoos that were on his body would disappear. So he was really just trying to cover up his tattoos. That was the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. It was it 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 was it was much better than the way that sounds. It's much better than <laughs> the way we so YouTube it. Wow. Yeah. I, th- I don't know it's available anywhere else, but uh, all right, Mike, back to you. Back to me. Um, I'm going to go to one of my early, early um, encounters with, you know, seeing Satan up on the big screen actually goes back to watching Fantasia. Oh, yes. And you have to go back to the night on Bald Mountain, Ava Maria. Uh, scenes and the demon is in on top of the mountain and bringing the storm on and it was to you know a five or six year old it was scary as hell you know and you know the music and the ava maria playing and it because and it's it was just so dark and so menacing and disney did it so well and it was it's one of it out of that and the dinosaur scenes are my two favorite parts of Fantasia, and you know the dancing hippos I could deal with, that. but that's a whole that's a whole nother story. But sources of Pinterest really yeah. gets no love. Yeah, sorry, but you know, sorry, different Mickey. layer of hell. It is a different layer of hell, you know, ah! you know, because you know, whenever I would tell William that he had to do chores, I would play the Sorcerer's Apprentice scene for him. You know, come on. <laughs> there you go. So you know. It was. It's always. It was always an awesome scene, and to see it, you know, my parents took me. I think it was six to see it. They did it. I think this was in like nineteen seventy two, seventy three, and they had a revival of it, and they sh- showed it up on the big movie screen, and it it scared the hell out of me. It it literally seeing the demon, you know, and he was guiding the storm through, and then it, as daylight came up, he folded his wings and you know, the sun rose and everything. And it was, and he just went back into the mountain. It was, it was awesome. It was really an awesome scene. It's probably the most visually striking, intimidating, demon-esque, devilish figure that I've seen alongside um, Tim Curry in Legend. Yes. Ah. Yes. Uh, With the red, you know, the big red monster with huge horns. um, uh, Just, yeah, looking like, something you just never you don't want to meet in any sort of alley well lit or not you know Mm -hmm. it's just not something you want to do Mm -hmm. and for me it it amazed me because we had to write a paper on fantasia when i was in college because i studied animation and literally this film was created in 1940 for them to put that out then and it was just in technicolor and everything was just it was just amazing it was really really amazing but I agree about the Tim Curry stuff too. It was 
an awesome version too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go with uh, a little less frightening, but really prevalent. Like I said, when I was growing up in, in the uh, late seventies, early eighties, it seemed like the devil was available and, and they were telling off tales of that uh, devil and Daniel Webster story in a lot of different comedies. Um, and of course you have, uh, this is a little bit earlier than that, but I would have seen it on TV and syndication. You have Bedazzled with Peter Cook as, uh, George Spigot, uh, who's actually mm. the devil, uh, that, uh, Dudley Moore makes the deal with. You have, um, in Oh God, You Devil, you have George, George Burns. Burns playing a <laughs> I was next on role. my list. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> you have a, a, a double playing a double role of Oh God, which he played in Oh God in 1977 and Oh God Book Two in 1980. 1984, he plays the devil. He plays a character called, it's not actually, again, it's not called the devil. It's not called Satan. Uh, technically, it's uh, credited as Harry O. Tuffet. Um, so I'm not really sure. <laughs> yeah, mm. I know, right? Um, and uh, but most notably, and I'm pretty sure I saw that one in the theater. Um, and then uh, and then another one that I saw in the theater that uh, um, left an image on my marine. And now I can't help but think of this man as as a devil in, in a lot of different ways. But uh, the devil in Max Devlin with uh bill cosby and elliot Gould, i believe is the uh, guy who he makes a deal with but i actually saw him um, in that bill cosby plays a character called barney Sa- uh, satan or satin s-a-t-i-n uh-huh. um and uh yeah i have not gone in back and rewatched this but then i will say in full disclosure that it's hard for me to go back and watch anything with bill cosby in it um unfortunately that that is that 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 picture is tainted now i'm sorry um and bill cosby used to be uh, a huge influence on me i mean i used to love his comedy records my parents had them i played them over and over again i love fat albert and all that kind of stuff and then of course his other stuff but then but now he's just yeah i can't i can't i can't do it he's he's a devil in all different ways he mixes a mean drink too but i mean that was good lord (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but i mean that was that was all pretty good everybody like i mean if you say like bill cosby george burns you know peter cook as devils i mean it's hard to take the devil seriously when they're when they're doing that they did remake uh bedazzled by the way in uh 2000 i actually saw that on the big screen too and that was uh elizabeth hurley played the peter cook role of course because they oh. look so much alike and um and brandon fraser was the dudley mole Dudley Moore role so mm-hmm. I think they combined it in in the original Bedazzled it's uh Peter Cook as the devil and then Raquel Welch is lust and I think I in the that. 2000 version they combined the devil and lust and uh with Elizabeth Hurley so I could see both yes and of course like I said that also starred Brendan Fraser who's uh making some waves these days. Uh I guess uh coming off a pretty good performance in a new movie called The Whale which I don't think is has anything to do with the devil or satan. No. So uh so as we wrap up are there any devilish stories, devilish items, devilish things that we haven't mentioned yet? Of course a bunch, but is there anything that was oh, on yeah, your honorable mission mentions or anything like that? We touched on deviled ham earlier <laughs> we did deviled eggs of course devil's devil's food cake 
Devil oh, shark. Cake. The Delicious. devil dog. The snack cake. The devil dog. Mm. Remember those things? Mm. Mm. Oh, sure. yeah. Bill and Ted go to hell. You know, stuff like that. And yeah. yeah. And then you also had, of course, Doctor Who, The Satan Pit. Oh, and uh, um, there was a Superman novel called Miracle Monday. Yes. After, mm. after it was after the Superman movie novelization. Um, and Elliot S. Magan from the comics wrote this novel where Superman takes on the devil. Wow. And it's it's one of my favorite things ever. It's a great book. If you could find at a used bookstore, it is so worth yep. reading. Yeah, I'm not even familiar with that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But speaking of taking have, on the uh, devil, the, the other one on my list was uh, Fantasy Island. Yes. Mr. Rourke had to take on the devil more than once. Roddy McDowell, Fantasy too. Island, Roddy McDowell, oh, who wore so a black awesome. suit to offset the white suit that black Mr. Suit. Rourke wore. Yes. Yes. Those are the was – it, was it more than once? Because wasn't that in the pilot? No. I don't think it was the pilot. Mm-hmm. He, he okay. okay. I believe it was later in the series. Yeah, at least a couple of episodes, two or three. Wow. Yeah. Which suggests that Mr. Rourke is on a godlike level, I suppose. He's <laughs> squaring off with the devil. Well, well, I mean, he had he had powers. Yeah, well, they, oh, absolutely I, uh, they also kind of hinted at it when they did the remake later. Yeah. Because... Um, with, uh, with, uh, Malcolm, Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell version. Yeah, yeah, when Malcolm McDowell is like, burn all those white suits. We don't do that around here anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was pretty darn awesome. And then it was, yeah, that's been remade several times. I think there was a, two more series and a horror movie or something. Oh, that horror movie the, is so there, there's a the, there's a there's a fantasy island currently happening. What? And she she plays um, the the lead character is Mr. Rourke's granddaughter. Oh wow! And there's a picture of Ricardo Montalban in her office. Oh, <laughs> that sounds familiar. Yes. Yeah, I think I did yeah. see a little bit of that. Is it him dressed as Khan now? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Picture of her her uncle her grandfather with his chest out. Yeah. That's... <laughs> Here's my, my half-naked grandfather. Oh god. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, I well, however they're packaged, I I don't think uh we'll uh, see the end of stories featuring the devil, serious or otherwise, uh because it does seem to be a uh, it is a huge figure in storytelling. Um, it, he's the ultimate bad guy, right? I mean, I don't know if you can get any worse than him. You know, you can have your Thanos, you can have your Doctor Doom, you can have, you name him, but the devil's got to be like the number one bad guy. Okay. Right? She say so. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's biblical. <laughs> it's like, Depends on whose Bible you're looking at. It's epic and biblical. Dude. Here we go. Okay, six right. hours later. Exactly. I was going to say. So that's a perfect time to end this conversation, anyway. So uh, anyway, thanks guys for sharing your favorite devil stories, and uh, we will be right back, and we're gonna close out the show. down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man sewing on a fiddle and playing it hot 
Hey, this is Ashley Pauls with this week's box office buzz. We've now entered what I like to call the January box office doldrums. There's really not going to be a lot happening for the next month or so. We've still got some of the holiday movies clearing out before we get to February when we're going to see bigger movies like Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Avatar, The Way of Water continues to dominate the box office. I have to laugh at myself because I really thought that this was going to be a flop, that it was going to take James Cameron's ego down a notch. But you know what? Despite my skepticism and all the skepticism I was seeing online, there apparently is a market for these movies. So brace yourselves, folks. It looks like we're going to get Avatar 3. Another movie that's making a little bit of a splash, though not quite as much as The Way of Water, I'm sorry, that's going to be it for the puns on this blurb, is Megan, which is a horror movie about this AI doll and its relationship with a child. Now, again, this isn't the type of horror movie that would draw me in. You know, I used to say I'm a person who doesn't do horror movies, but thanks to Jordan Peele, I've learned to expand my box office horizons a little bit, as it were. Megan doesn't look like it necessarily appeals to me, but it's doing pretty well getting some good buzz. So um, hope that horror fans enjoy getting to see that one. On the smaller screen streaming, we have the premiere of PBS series All Creatures Great and Small. This is just the most delightful series about country vets during the era of roughly around World War II. And it's just so heartwarming. It's great seeing the friendships, the relationships, and caring for animals. I am getting a little bit anxious this season because we are getting close to that historical timeline of when World War II is going to decimate Europe. So I'll be curious to see how that will impact the characters. But if you're not watching this series, it is definitely well worth your time. That's it for this week's Box Office Buzz. If you're looking for more entertainment-related content, be sure to go check out my blog over on the ESO Podcast website where I rank my most anticipated movies and TV shows of 2023. You know what's amazing? Walking into your favorite bar or coffee shop and running into an author you absolutely love. Or bumping into an author you've never heard of before but find your new favorite book. That's what we do on Drinking With Authors. You get to hear all the stories of what made the author stories great and how they got there on their journey. So grab a drink and join us on Drinking With Authors. Hey everybody, Michelle here with an iconic rock talk show moment. The Eurovision Song Contest is what launched ABBA's career and brought artists like Conchita Vorst to international attention. So it's not something you'd necessarily think of at the same time as John Lydon. But John Lydon and Public Image Limited will be representing Ireland in this year's contest. They'll be performing a song called Hawaii, which was written for John Lydon's wife, Nora Forster, who is battling Alzheimer's. They've been married for 43 years. Uh, the Irish part of the contest will begin on February 3rd. Uh, you can w- stream it at rte.ie slash player. Uh, the finals of Eurovision will be in May on May 13th. 37 countries will be taking part in this year's contest including a return engagement by last year's champion, Ukraine. This has been the Iconic Rock Talk Show Moment. We'll catch you next time.
And so that's to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. Want to thank our guests for being here tonight, Joe. Thank you, my friend. It has been too long. It has been too long. Thank you for thinking of me when you uh, when we decided when y'all decided. Let's talk about Satan. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I thought I about it. you know who could who's better to talk about the devil but Joe Crow. You know. <laughs> so it's awesome. Anything you want to promote or shout out about? I'm the co-director of the American Sci-Fi Classics track with my pal Gary Mitchell. And look up for us on Facebook and YouTube. We do semi-weekly um, quarantine panels from our homes, much like if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, we do we do panels. We, we, we kind of took the holidays off and a couple of months before then... <laughs> We're, we're going to get back into doing those. So check those out. It's always fun. Um, all, all the people you've seen on the episode tonight probably are going to be on there at some point. Oh, I guarantee it. And um, also, um, um, every uh, Saturday, um, I am a pro wrestling announcer at an independent wrestling federation near you. Look for on the YouTube uh, for Spartan Pro Wrestling. Every Saturday, we tape a live show in Gadsden, Alabama, and then we put them on YouTube or um, put shows on YouTube a few days later. And um, uh, independent wrestling is the funnest, and it's crazy for me to say that I am a part of it, and my record is like one in four, I believe, is my <laughs> is my is my wrestling record at this point. But um, hey, I won one. And um, I, didn't, I didn't die. So far, so good. But did you have your feet up on the ropes? That's the question. I did put my hand on the ropes to break a hold. And nice. it was not, uh, that that rule was not obeyed. <laughs> it turns out bad guys don't obey rules, Mike. Ah, damn. Well, Joe, it is always Speaking awesome. of the devil. Exactly. <laughs> and Kevin, thank you, sir, as always, for being here with us. Always great to be here on Earth Station One. Thanks for having me. Anything you want to shout out about, buddy? Uh, a couple of things. My regular uh, plug would be for the Flopcast. Uh, my my podcast here on the ESO Network is the Flopcast, where we're just goofing around, being silly every week. Cornflake and I uh, find us at flopcast.net or find us right here on the ESO Network. My other plug is I think just as the show is coming out, we're going to be heading into uh, Martin Luther King Day weekend. Yes. And I will be at a convention called Aresia in Boston. Uh, actually, friend of uh, the station, Kevin Cafferty, will be there also. Kevin and I and the mayor of Chickentown and uh, many friends of ours will be there. And we are doing some panels. So uh, you can see me uh, talking about comic books at Aresia a couple of times over the weekend. So if you want to spend the middle of January on the uh, waterfront in Boston... <laughs> It's going to be chilly, folks. The wind, it's going to be the chilly. The windswept Boston waterfront for mid-January. Come on down to Aresia and uh, hang out with us. That is awesome. That is great. <laughs> and Mr. Mike, we made it through another one, my friend. We did. And as always, it's been my devilish pleasure. Uh, excellent. Excellent. And what do you got to shout out about, sir? 
Uh, well, you know, at uh, next weekend, you know, if you're uh, too cold from uh, going to Aresia and, and suffering through the cold of New England, uh, come down here the next weekend because uh, I will be at Inuhele, which is a tiki convention. It's Atlanta's Tiki Weekend. Uh, there are still some limited tickets left available um, and uh, standard tickets as well as luau tickets. Uh, which are going to be held, I believe, at the nearby Trader Vic's um, downtown Atlanta. So uh, I will have a table there. I will have all sorts of tiki zombie stuff, except, of course, for the new issue, which we're still working on. But uh, uh, come hang out with us. Get your tiki on at uh, Inuhele. Uh, and that is, uh, sorry, that the dates on that are uh, June, uh, January 20th through the 21st. Is that right? 22nd? Somewhere in there. Yeah, the next weekend. That's awesome. All right, that sounds way better, Mike. Mike, can we switch? I, I feel like yes. I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> That's a, well, possibly did, possibly did, uh, but no, no, no takey well, backs. Sorry, no takey backs. <laughs> and, so. Yeah, uh, get my deposit back. Sorry. Nope, 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 nope. So awesome, dude! It sounds like a great convention. It sounds like you're going to have a ton of fun. Tiki's, how bad can it be? Right. It's fun. Exactly. It's a good time. All right. My shout out real quick is going to a show that Judy and I just got completely caught up with. And it's a ton of fun. It is on FX. It's, yeah, it's on Hulu and FX. It is called, of course, Reservation Dogs. And it is a show um, that deals with real life in a Oklahoma reservation uh, with the kids growing up there and it's sometimes really funny. It's sometimes really sad and sometimes really tragic. And folks, it's amazing to be able to watch this. And the show is brilliant. It is truly, truly brilliant. And it's half hour bits. And the first season's eight episodes. And the second season, which just came out this fall, uh, is num is only 10. And it's really worth it. You're going to love this show. I can't, I can almost guarantee it. So, and you know what, if, if you don't like it, Joe Crow will, you know, tackle you and actually try to, yes. it'll be perfect. Yes, I will. Exactly. So mm -hmm. it's going to be that it for another episode. Thank you guys for listening. We will be back again in a couple of days and we are going to be doing an interview with author Jim Beard. It's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be, he's a great guy and he's into so much different stuff. And he's worked on so many different projects. We're going to be talking all about everything that he's got going on right now. So definitely join us for the next episode of Earth Station One. But until then, thank you for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. We couldn't do this without you. We want to hear from you. So please write us anytime at feedback at earthstationone.com. Remember, you can find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found. And now Earth Station One can be found in video format on YouTube. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. And hit the like button, folks. That's how people know that you're listening and watching it and stuff right below. And I'm not pointing at Kevin. It's below Kevin. So it's, you know, so it's pretty cool. So on behalf of myself, of course, Mike Faber, Mr. Mike Gordon, Joe Crow, and Kevin Eldridge, thank you guys for listening. We will see you here next time. I hope you had a devilly good time tonight, and we will see you here next time on the Air Station One podcast. Peace, and we are done. Boom. Ta-da. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. 
If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Earth Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Tee Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.